the screen. Tate with him, sets his feet, leans back for three. Got Damian Lillard, a career high. The three-pointer for Lillard is 12th of the night to 32. One of the great scorers, one of the great shooters of all time. Let the conversation continue with Ryan, Trista, and Nick and BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network. Presented by BetMGM. Root Sports on the call. Damian Lillard now going to be doing that in a Bucks uniform. A Bucks uniform. Damian Lillard is a Milwaukee Buck. God, I wish I'd... These are times when you wish you had a time machine. You go back and tell yourself, hey... Bet on him going to the Bucks. I know it seems crazy now, Trista. If I could own any happen. machine, it would be a time machine. <laughs> and I know exactly what I would go back and do, kids. What was that? Seventh grade. Oh, God. Ryan Horvath stops watching sports. He says the 95-96 Bulls, really cool. Great story. But you know what's even cooler? Money. Ryan's going to be a lawyer. Man. Boom. <laughs> Next to, I'm hanging out with Marlon's like man. Yeah. He's going to be like Harvey. No, I'm going to be like Marlon's man. <laughs> am I ever in the courtroom? No. But am I at every game? Yes. Wearing a Marlins visor. You probably backwards. also embezzle money or something else. You know we're boys, Marlins me and Marlins man, right? Yeah, he texted you one time. Oh no, like way too much actually. Here, I'll, I'll <laughs> still. Here. Yeah, you guys. It was a restraining order. That's what he texted you. Yeah. Look at it. Leave he, me. Look at he. One person. Do you list him as Marlins man? Oh one my person god. And one. I go. Okay, okay, oh, wow. okay, 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 yeah. okay, okay. Man, you, right. you had a nerve there, Tristan. Damn. No, no she didn't. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just don't want you guys thinking. I think he's like cool or something because he's. He's not. He's he's right there with Mattress Mac on my list. Marlins man, Mattress Mac. <laughs> people I've but never and heard from again. Miami I'd be completely Heat contingent. Fine All right, Keith Smith jumps on with us. Been a while since we've talked, Keith. Uh, it's been quiet in the NBA for a while, and then boom, we get this bomb today. Damian Lillard's off to the Bucks. Let's just, I, I guess, paint a big picture for not just the Bucks, but really all three teams involved here, and sort of what your takeaways were from the trade. Yeah, very unexpected. Uh, you know, we had heard over the last few days that Toronto was getting close, and then there was some buzz that maybe Miami might re-engage. And I think there's some spin going on now on exactly you know what the Heat did and didn't offer, and what they did and didn't do in the last couple of days. But it, it you know the Bucks are in a position where they were looking to make a big splash to try to convince Giannis, hey, we're committed, and we're not just committed for another year or so. We're really trying to lock in for the next several years to try to keep winning and that's what he said they had to do and that, that's what they've gone out and done for Portland clearly you're rebuilding so you're going to get the young player and DeAndre Ayton you're getting uh, the draft picks coming in from Milwaukee we'll see what happens with Drew Holiday he's you know probably never even going to show up in Portland um, at this point they're probably going to work a trade before that happens and then the Phoenix Suns a bit of an odd addition in here but they wanted to get uh, move on from DeAndre Ayton, break that contract up into several smaller contracts. They get Yusuf Nurkic coming in, who will step in as their starting five, and then we'll see where they go with, with the other guys they got, like Grayson Allen in this year. Little, you're a, a I would call you a, a professional. You're a real deal journalist, Keith. Uh, I have been sickened by Miami media not doing real journalism, and I'm okay with that normally. But they've actually tried to bully and strong-arm the Portland Trailblazers into taking that terrible deal. Uh, what's your perspective on kind of how this whole thing is played out? Because it looks looks very silly in hindsight in terms of what they were doing. Yeah, I, I think, you know, anytime you start taking the approach of trying to negotiate for a team, it, you're, it's going to be a little backwards. And, you know, we're, we're in this world now of, 
fans covering teams and that that's you know kind of a thing that happened um often i i, I did it i grew up a celtics fan i covered the celtics for years but i like to think i tried to stay fairly objective about it even you know at times i know my fandom leaked in there for sure but there was never a point where i was out there saying you know like right now there's reports boston wants drew holiday but i'm not gonna pitch you know well the trailblazers should absolutely say malcolm brogdon he'd be great for them he doesn't make any sense for them just like tyler hero wouldn't have made any sense so yeah it, it was definitely one of those things where you know, if anything, I'm almost glad this is over so we don't have to listen to and hear that kind of stuff on a daily basis anymore all across social media. So what happened with uh, the Portland and Miami negotiations in terms of what you know? Because we're hearing a lot of different information about Portland didn't go back to Miami when they had other deals on the table. Originally, there was no deals that were outside of Miami. Aaron Goodwin now, I hear that we're report. there were some reports that he went to Milwaukee and to Brooklyn and said Dame actually would go there. Like, What are you hearing? Yeah, what I've heard was, you know, Miami obviously engaged them right away and, and openly said, hey, we know, you know, this may take a third team. There, there may not be a direct two-team match here because any trade they, they did was going to involve either Kyle Lowry or Tyler Hero as the primary salary matching piece. And the Blazers said they're not in a position where they really want to take on either of those guys. Miami also uh, was capped out at offering two draft picks and a lot of teams view the Miami Heat draft picks similar to the Los Angeles Lakers where, yeah, it sounds good to have them, but it's pretty rare when those teams are bad and bad for very long. So what it turns into is do we really want all, all of those picks, you know, from them? And, you know, then we're going to have to turn around and move Hero or move Lowry, and that's going to be a complicated process. So everything sounds like there was no real two-team match there. And then what ultimately happened was, Portland was, hey, we're going to move on. If you want to make this work, you got to find the third team. We're not going to be the ones that go out there and find that third team to make this happen. You're, you're going to have to, you know, fit, figure this out. So I, I think we're in a spot where there just wasn't a match there, and a lot got made of, you know, Portland's unwillingness to be reasonable when it's not on them to be the team that puts together the full trade when they had other options and obviously took one. Uh, Keith, really quick, moving over to the West, because the Suns also obviously involved in the deal, and they're the favorites right now, even over the Nuggets in the West. Um, so do you think they're a better team after these moves? Obviously, they needed depth, but they moved DeAndre Ayton. You bring in Grayson Allen. You bring in Little. Uh, you already added Eric Gordon. Do you think the Suns are a better team today on Wednesday than they were on Tuesday after this deal? You know, I don't know. I, it's tough, because I, as much as I like Yusuf Nurkic, and he's a better offensive player, than DeAndre Aiden. I looked at it and said, how much off, more offense do you need? You have Kevin Durant, you have Devin Booker, you have Bradley Beal. If you're really feeling like you need to add more offense, well, then you you you're, you better be planning on outscoring teams, you know, 140 to 125 every night. And, and Aiden, he's not a great defender, but he's a better defender than Nurkic. He's got more potential to be a better defender than Nurkic. I think Frank Vogel was going to be able to pull that out of him. He's done wonders with big men throughout the course of his career but I kind of get it they wanted more of a sure thing with Nurkic there a guy they weren't going to probably worry at all about his his uh you know buy-in and really want to work and do all the things he knows he's a role player he's going to come in and play that role Grayson Allen will help because he can play both guard positions they're a little weak at guard depth 
behind the two primary guys in Booker and Beal. Eric Gordon's a veteran, but a little bit older. He's had some injury issues, so that's something to watch. And then Nasir Little just a player I really like, but, but we'll see. There's kind of a you know, mix of guys that are going to be in there battling for minutes in the starting five and alongside Kevin Durant, you know, in that group and behind Durant as well. So so we're going to see. I, I think they're probably better. I don't know that they're appreciably better. I, I've still got them behind Denver, but they, they're right there. They're already number two, and I don't know that this changes much from them being number two for me. Talking to Keith Smith, BetMGM tonight. So obviously a lot of reports that Drew Holiday may get just flipped by Portland. Where do you see him, or what are some of the maybe the most likely landing spots for him? And could Portland make any other moves after that? Yeah, to answer the second part, I don't think we're going to see Portland do do much else because they're pretty well set now. You you basically got your young core in place with uh, Scoot Henderson, Shaden Sharp, Anthony Simons. Now you're adding DeAndre Ayton for that mix. You got Chris Murray, who you also drafted. Basically, everybody outside of Drew Holiday is under 30 on this roster. Jeremy Grant will turn 30 in season, but you know he's locked into such a long-term contract. Nothing's going to happen with that one uh, anytime soon. So it's going to be Drew Holiday. As to who could trade for any team that has title aspirations that could use a guard, is probably picked up the phone and called, whether it's Philadelphia or Boston or Toronto or maybe the L.A. Clippers. I'm sure all those teams are looking at it and saying, hey, what does it take? And one of the things I was told, you know, in the aftermath of this trade was, hey, it's easier to trade for Drew Holiday than it is to trade for Damian Lillard because he makes a lot less money. And, you know, teams are going to look at it and say, yeah, he's a very good player, but he's not Damian Lillard. So I think you're going to see a lot of teams uh, making offers and getting involved. And I do think Corin will get him traded probably before everything kicks off next week because one of the motivating factors in all of this was giving Chauncey Billups the roster he's going to have to start the year without a whole bunch of stuff hanging over him of, yeah, we'll get this guy, and we might trade him and all that. They want him to be able to start fresh with that young group, and I think that's going to be a big part of getting Holiday moved fairly quickly. There's a lot of teams that want Holiday, not a lot of teams that have what it takes to get Holiday. Who do you think is the most likely team to get him? Who are some dark horses, and who would you absolutely rule out? I would keep an eye on Philadelphia to get him. He was one of the the players that they were talking about maybe trying to go after with this whole cap space plan for next summer. And I think people maybe have forgotten. That's where he started his career. And they they loved him. They just basically said, hey, he's too good for what we're going to be as a team as we start the the process years. So we got to move on. And, And they've obviously, James Harden becomes the immediate easy salary match not direct to Portland. They'd have to be a third team. So maybe the Clippers get in there and the Clippers and Philly both send a pick to, you know, Portland's way or, you know, we get, you know, a couple players moved on and and that's how this happens. There definitely could be something there with with that team. I know Boston would love to have them. Their challenge is it's Malcolm Brogdon and then putting together the other pieces. you got to trade, you know, either Robert Williams, Al Horford, or a whole bunch of guys as depth. And then you're going to have to make it up uh, the difference with draft picks, and that becomes a little bit of a challenge for the Celtics. But I, you know, one thing Drew Holiday's agent has done a lot of work with Boston over the years, so I wouldn't rule them out. They're they're being aggressive. They're trying to you know make things happen if they can. So you know, we're going to see. You know, I I think we're in a spot where this is going to be really interesting. 
to watch this playoff. Who I'd absolutely rule out, the Lakers aren't going to get them. Of course, their fans immediately want to, oh, well, we'll get them. We'll trade, you know, D'Angelo Russell and other stuff without any regard of why would Portland want those things, but that's just, you know, what Laker fans do. You think there's any chance that Orlando tries to get in the mix because that's what Kevin O'Connor thinks is a good look? Yeah, I don't think so. It just doesn't scream what they're trying to do. They're, they're trying to build something that can be sustainable for years here in Orlando. That's where I am and where I'm located. So they, I know that front office, they're, they're content to just keep building with what they've got. They're very happy with the players that they have. And this would mean, all right, we got to start cashing in some guys. There's no organizational push to you got to be a playoff team this year or anything like that coming. So there's no motivation from that side to make a trade like this and they're just not ready to cash in their young players and their young assets to make something like this happen right now so i think we're in a spot where you know the magic i i get it there there it could make sense but i just don't see that being something that happens keith in my perfect world drew holiday goes to the clippers they get an actual point guard Kawhi and paul george stay healthy so that means so that means philadelphia gets nothing and that's what I wanted to ask you really quick about. Um, so if Philadelphia strikes out on everything this offseason, any chance and like they get off to a slow start that Embiid maybe asks to get moved? I don't think you'll see that in season, but I think if they flame out early again in the playoffs and he's like, man, we just kind of punted a little bit on this year and now it's this cap space stuff and what are we going to do with it? Because the free agent market isn't great. And I know you can use cap space to make trades, obviously, but that's become a whole other thing. I could see at the end of the season, Joel Embiid saying, hey, what are we doing here? Hey, I want to win before it comes out. Because, you know, Joel Embiid's 30 now. He's, you know, in, I believe this is year 10 or 11 for him. Like, he's not, you know, I think there's still, because he missed all that time early, there's the thought of that he's still like 25, 26 years old, and he's only been around for, you know, seven years or something. But he's starting to, you know, hit the point where, Hey, if I'm not going to win here, I want to do it somewhere, and let's let's get this figured out. So I think maybe after this year you see him start asking some questions, and it might be as simple as, hey, Giannis said he wanted guys, and the Bucks went and got him Damian Lillard. I want guys too, and what are we doing here? Got about a minute left or so here. Uh, James Harden, I mean, like, what, what the hell is going to happen with this? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I think we might be in for an ugly media day. There's talks he may not even show up which if you're Philadelphia, that may actually be for the best. Just, you know, let's hit him with a fine and he doesn't show up and, and go. And then it turns to, all right, what does training camp look like? Because they're headed out to Colorado Springs for training camp. Is he going to be there working out with them? Do you even want him there? Is he going to show up and do what he did at the end of his next tenure? That's the messy stuff that could happen with James Harden unless there's a trade found here in the next few days. And it just doesn't seem like anybody's jumping at the opportunity to trade for him. Keith Smith, I know you've been busy. Really appreciate the time, man. Thanks for coming on with us. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I mean, the Drew Holiday is going to be the next shoe that has to drop. And if there's – Portland's in such a good spot, man. Like, to have yeah. all the guards, all the yelling talent they have, to now have the expectations of let's develop a young team. And then, oh, have this asset that a bunch of desperate title contenders may want. I mean, you could not be in a better position for rebuilding your roster. Some lyrics from Dame, I can never be replaced. They'll know sooner than later. And Arrow pointed out who assumed it was greater. Amazing what I can get in return for this labor. I continue to leave trails. It won't be for the Blazers. Oh, not bad. <laughs> Damn. Not bad. No Ghostface killer, but hey. <laughs> All right, my opinion. Would you rather next? It's Bet MGM Tonight.
The winning trifecta is Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashu. All three will be right back on Bet MGM tonight. Presented by Bet MGM, live from BetQL.